We have been talking the last couple weeks about the feast of the Lord. I'm trying to get into our, our spirits and our minds that it's not just Easter and it's a nice dress and then it's all over with and done with until next Easter again or until Christmas. But there was something that significant that happened in the feast of the Lord and with the calendar year of the Lord. Andre Morrison, good to see you. In God's plan and in God's calendar, there was more to it than just getting a nice outfit and going to down, walking past the Jerusalem Post building and going to the synagogue and showing off that you had a new outfit for Easter. There was actually a spiritual implication here with Easter, and it had to do with the Feast of the Lord. So the reason we went through the feast is I wanted you to realize and see this, the setting and the scenario of what was leading up to the day of Pentecost after Easter had transpired. There were four feasts. We know that on Easter, or on, on the feast of Passover, is when the lamb was slain in Egypt. And then they remembered that year after year. And we know that Jesus, John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We know that Jesus died on Passover. We then know that Jesus was... The next feast is unleavened bread. And we know that according to the scriptures in unleavened bread, that there is no decay to the body of the Lord while he is in the tomb for those three days. The next feast is feast of what? First fruits. And Jesus rises from the grave undecayed, undecomposed on the third day, and he is the first fruits of resurrection. That is in conjunction with the barley harvest and the wheat harvest of the winter crops. And then we have seven weeks later, you count seven, seven Sabbaths, and we have the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot. And Shavuot is the we Feast of Weeks, which is 49 days plus one. And that is 50th. And it's there on the 50th day that the Feast of Pentecost was, and that's when the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Isn't that what the book says? That's what the book says. You're in a Holy Ghost church today. We speak in tongues here because we have the Holy Ghost. And the evidence of the Holy Ghost is tongues. Well, why is it tongues? Who said that? Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Boom! They shall speak with new tongues. That's what the man said. Amen. And see, it took Lennon and McCartney 2,000 years to write the song, no matter what the man says or whatever. You see what I'm saying? So the man said, the man said. Now I'm going to take you to the book of Acts today, chapter number 1, and we're going to look at the Acts of the Apostles. First of all, if you look at verses 1 through 5, there is the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. Let's look at that. Acts 1, 1 through 5, in my first book I told you, I believe this is out of the New Living Translation, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Now, Luke wrote the book of Acts. 
he also wrote the book of Luke. All right? So he said in the first book, which was Luke, I told you everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. All right. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in, a, in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The thing that sets this church apart from just about every other church in Vandalia is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We like it like that around here. We like the Holy Ghost around here. We like to feel the power of God. We like to have the tongues going nonstop. So, well, that just confuses people. Well, that's all right. It can confuse whatever it wants. But Jesus said this, that when the Comforter comes, He will show you things to come, and He will lead and guide you into all truth. Amen. So we want this to be a Holy Ghost hotbed. We want this to be a church where people come in and they just don't feel the air conditioning. We want them to feel the power of God when they walk through the door. We want them to walk in here and walk out saying, there is something different about that church. We want them to move in here and when they leave say, I don't know exactly what it was, but something got a hold of me. Hallelujah. Has anybody been gotten a hold of around here? I don't want to go to a dead church that nothing is happening. How many dead nightclubs you seen? You know the dead nightclubs where nothing's happening, nobody goes. They're going where it's moving. They're going where you can feel the bass piercing through your body. They're going where the lights are spinning and the smoke is flying. They're going where the music is loud and the atmosphere is party. They're going where they can drown their sorrows but yet feel a high because of the atmosphere around them. Listen, we could bring in disco lights and mirrored balls and we can bring in fog machines. Well, somebody already did. Hallelujah. We like fog around here. We can do all of that business, and guess what? You can do, you can enjoy the ambience, you can enjoy the surroundings for a while, but it doesn't really get down in your soul because when you leave the building, you leave the lights. When you leave the building, you leave the atmosphere. When you leave the building, you leave the music and the fog and the mirrored balls and all of that. But when you get the Holy Ghost inside of you, when you get the power of God inside of you, they described it like this, John baptized you with water but he said I'm coming after him and he's going to baptize you the one who comes after me he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire now I have to ask this beautiful congregation this question today how many of you have ever burned yourselves alright most of us in here when you burn yourself all right, we're going to make Paul the fire, 
and I'm going to be the victim. All right, when I put my hand in the fire and I begin to feel the burning sensation because I have nerves, this is my response. Oh, my. That really hurt me. Oh, it's so hot. The word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. We get our English word dynamite, power. So that's power. How many of you have accidentally been shocked before by electricity? Okay. All right, so Paul, now you're fire, now you're electricity. Okay. I stick my hand in the socket, and I start to feel the power, and I go, oh, my. Jingle, jingle. Tinkle, tinkle. Oh, my. You know I'm being silly. You know I'm being facetious. You know I'm not telling you the truth. Because when you get burned, when you get shocked, there is a natural response. Ho! There is something about an electrical current. Once it gets a hold of you, sometimes it don't want to ever let you go. There's something about the Holy Ghost. Once you get exposed to it, I said, once you get exposed to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is something that gets inside of your heart that you will never, ever, ever let you go. There is something about when you're burned by the power of the Holy Ghost and fire that it gets inside of you and you can't stop singing and you can't stop dancing and you can't stop worshiping because it is the fire of the Holy Ghost. I do not understand people who go to dead, dry, dull, boring churches and then wonder why in the world they're still stuck in the same junk that they're already in, that they've always been in, and it seems like there's no hope. I'll tell you why. is because you're going to have to have the fire factor in your life. You're going to have to get the shock factor in your life because if you keep doing what, you're all, what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've already got but when the fire comes in and begins to burn and begins to purge and begins to purify all that junk in your life there's something that begins to change and that new growth begins to form and that new growth begins to spout sprout up and suddenly there's a new day on the horizon and suddenly things are a whole lot better than they used to be now i'm sorry to tell you Research has shown, see, you didn't know this was going to be a scientific message, that the fastest growing Christian religion in the world or Christian movement in the world is not your mainstream, denominal, Protestant situations. They're not growing. In fact, the, praise the Lord, in fact, they've had conferences the last 10 to 15 years in the Presbyterian and the Episcopalian movements And they say that in the next 25 years that if something doesn't happen to reverse 
the trends of growth, that those two denominations will no longer exist. But do you know what the biggest Christian movement growing, fastest growing in the world is? The Holy Ghost, glossolalia, speaking in tongues movement. Do you know that there are billions of people in the world who are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire and speak in tongues worldwide? Billions. Because the Bible says, in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. This is what Jesus was saying. He said, in a few days, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. The Feast of Shavuot, the, the, Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, is means origin. It is the beginning. And what is about to take place here in the book of Acts, chapters 1 and 2, is the beginning of the original church. Hallelujah. What in the world did the first church believe? They believed in the Holy Ghost and fire. They believed in the power of God. What do we believe at Family Worship Center? We believe in the Holy Ghost and fire, and we believe in the power of God. We want this to be a Book of Acts church in 2010. We want this to be a Holy Ghost church in Vandalia, Illinois. We want this to be a church where the power and the fire fall at any given time. Amen? Oh, can I get a witness from somebody in the house that this is a Holy Ghost church? John baptized with water. He was laying the groundwork. Next one. We're now getting ready for the ascension. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Next, my friends, yes. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Stop. Back up. What they're worried about is they were with Jesus because they thought that he was going to restore the political kingdom of Israel at that time. They were looking for one thing. He was getting ready to douse them with something else. How many of you ever went somewhere to get, to get whatever you were looking for and you came out with something totally different? You went in to buy something and you knew what you wanted and when you got in there, the salesman sold you something totally different because he showed you that the product that you were looking for is very substandard to what is right over here for less money. So people come to church, they're looking, they're looking to be uh, swooned and wooed by seeker-friendly and coffee and all that business. And a nice little presentable gospel says, oh, come on now, it's going to be all right. We just love you as you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when fire gets a hold of you, you don't stay the same. I've seen too many burn victims. And your skin before you caught on fire is a lot different than your skin after you catch on fire. Hallelujah. You want to get on the radio? Yeah. There you are. You're going to be on the radio. So people come to church, and they walk in here, and they, they think they're just gonna, it's just going to be calm. Well, I think we've just about dispelled that disclaimer. <laughs> it ain't going to be calm. 
And people, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so when you come into church, you think, well, this is what I need, Jesus. But what we think we need and what he knows we need are two different things. What we think that we're walking into, well, I'm just going to go to that church, you know, and I'm just going to check them out. I'm just going to see how it is. You know, maybe somewhere where I'd like to go sometime, but I've heard they've been kind of radical. I heard they're kind of wild. I heard they're kind of fanatical. Let me tell you something. In a wild, fanatical world, we're going to have to have a wild, fanatical church. Amen? Hallelujah. Because this, this, this now I lay me down to sleep Jesus church ain't going to do it right now. you got to have the Holy Ghost and fire. you got to have some change in your life, my friend. I said you got to have some change. See, we've done slate another one of your sacrificial cows. We're at, it's 12 o'clock and we're still in church. I don't know, Brother Tracy, every time I come to your church, I like to come to your church, but we always miss my dinner with my family at 12 o'clock. Well, tell your family to have your dinner at 1230 or 1. Well, you don't seem to understand. Well, yeah, I do. They don't love you. Because if my family wanted to have dinner with me, they'd change the time so I could be there. Uh-oh, come on now, somebody. So, man, I'm really, this wasn't in the notes today. So you come to church, and the music starts. We got a black Canadian. Now figure out why a guy from Canada is black, but we got him, and he's playing. And you're looking at him, and you're trying to figure out, that guy's from Canada. I thought all guys from Canada were white and played hockey. But no, he's playing the keyboards. And so here you are, and while he's singing... To be salt and light in the world, in the world. To be salt and light in the world. To be salt and light. And you know, you went there just to check them out. So you're trying to sit still, but suddenly your, your heel is tapping on your right leg. And you're starting to keep a little time. And what you don't realize is then your left hand starts tapping the back of the pew. And before too long, you're going to start clapping your hands. Guess what? It's just a matter of time. You might have come to check us out. But something's already checked you out and is getting a hold of you inside. You're going to have to have Jesus inside of you. you got to have the Holy Ghost inside of you to help you survive in this hour that we live in. You cannot survive this hour with economic pressure like we have. You cannot have dual incomes and moms and dads working split shifts and trying to raise kids and keep those kids in school and keep them out of trouble and keep them from drugs and keep them from alcohol and all of this stuff on your own. You do not have the power to do it on your own. You you came in here looking for a nice, quiet church. Oh, hallelujah. But what you really found is you found the Holy Ghost and fire. This will change your life. This will turn you around. This will clean you up. This will make you the man you need to be. This will make you the lady you need to be. Why? Because it's fire and it changes and it cleanses and it purifies and it makes anew and it refreshes and it restores. Oh, is there anybody in the house so glad that he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Wow. Did you realize that said all that? These guys are looking for political kingdoms. They're wanting to boot the Romans out of Palestine. 
They want the homeland to be the homeland again. You know, in Birmingham, they love the governor. In Jerusalem, they didn't love the governor. They were looking for a political kingdom, and he was going to set up a spiritual kingdom. So I got to ask you today, where are you headed? I got to ask you today, what are you looking for when you come here? If you're coming for a couple songs and a testimony and a preacher preaching, hey, if you're coming to hear a preacher preach 10 minutes, you're in the wrong house because it won't ever happen here most of the time. Unless you guys get a lot of good testimonies and the house just melts down and, I, you know, it's 1 o'clock already. What are you coming to see? That's what Jesus asked about John the Baptist. He said, what, what did you come to see in John? A reed blowing in the wind? Well, anybody can have a reed blowing in the wind. That ain't nothing. No, he said, you came to see a fire. You came to see a prophet. He said, there was none born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. Oh. So what are you coming looking for? Well, I don't know. Those people pray out loud. Well, my Lord, you ever been in a quiet bar? Do people, does everybody talk at the bar? We all take turns. Well, I'd come to that church, but I'm scared. Oh, that's so stupid. I'm scared. I am so scared. You sick of hearing that? Makes me want to puke. I'd come to your church, but it's too long. Well, eternity's a lot longer than a couple hours here. Well, I'm scared. Your music's too loud. No, you're just not hungry enough yet. Well, I don't know if we believe the same thing. Doesn't matter. You're not hungry. You're not at the bottom yet. You're not sick and tired of being sick and tired. You still have a little piece of comfort left somewhere, probably in the south. Southern comfort, you get it? You might have a little southern comfort somewhere to give you just a little comfort. But when the southern comfort's gone, when the comfort's out of the southern, then what are you going to do? It's amazing to me that how many religious people want to make fun of the Pentecostals, but when they get cancer, who are the first ones they call for the prayer request? They don't call the polar bear at the first church of the refrigerator to pray for their cancer. Brother, they're calling somebody that's full of the power of God, that's plugged in, saying, yeah, we'll pray for you, and we'll pray in Jesus' name, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Amen? And if there's any, and he'll raise him up, and if there's any sin among you, the Lord will forgive him. Come on now, somebody. When it comes right down to the bare bone brass tacks, Facts of the matter, you want to be in a church that is full of the power of the Holy Ghost that is shaking and moving under the electric current of the power of God. Huh. Next one. Now I'm ready. Sorry, Brother Brian. But you will receive power before you come to church so you don't have to act like them. Little old country church years ago in a small Texas town, 
And the pastor had been working on talking to people about coming to church. Oh, please come to church. Come on to church. Please, 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 please. So he convinced this rich oil executive in town to come to church. Okay? And so it's a very small building, maybe half the size of this, maybe even smaller than a third of the size of this. But what the pastor forgot to realize was that when the oil, he was so excited when the big oil man came in that he forgot to tell sister so-and-so who always had a Holy Ghost fit every church service that if you could just hold it down a little bit today. We've got some distinguished guests with us. I remember the old church I grew up in. There was a lady named Sister Laudermilk, Sister Stella Laudermilk. She wasn't more than 75 pounds soaking wet. She always wore a hat and a net over her face. She dressed to a T. But she had some kind of deal where she, when she talked talk like this, and you couldn't have, understand all the time. And then she, so she'd have to, and they had testimony service. Now, we don't have testimony service here because big churches don't have testimonies, and we're going to be a big church someday, so then we might, why well, start it? All right? So we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay? So, Sister Stella would get up, and you knew you could put a million dollars on the table that before she sat down, she was going to get so excited in her testimony, you wouldn't understand half of what she said, but she was going to take her prayer walk. And she wore disco shoes before they were popular, high heels, and she, she, okay, so the Texas church had a Stella in it. And the pastor was so excited that the oil executive came that he forgot to tell Stella, would you please just find your groove today just relax and so you know the pastor's there and he's trying to coordinate and have a nice little service so the big old businessman is okay and you know and suddenly sister stella started and she started her dance down the aisle and waving her hank, hand and with a hanky in it and the little scarf, you know, did whatever she did. And he's up there about to die. The pastor just got this guy to come to church. And now we got Sister Stella and she's lost her mind. She lost her mind and the pastor knew he lost that prospect. That fish done thrown the hook. So he preached his sermon and he went back to talk to the visitor that day went out to shake the guy's hand and the guy started shaking his hand and the pastor's like what in the world and the big businessman said this he said your sermon was okay but he said the thing I want I don't know what that little old lady has but I want what she's got inside of me now I've got to ask Family Worship Center this question. Do we have the fire inside of us that when somebody walks through the door, they don't care how I preach, they don't care what the music sounds like, but they've got to have whatever that little old lady had making her worship her God like she did. Let's all stand. Come on, let's praise Him a little bit. Come on, let's stand and praise Him. That old boy wasn't interested in the pastor's sermon. He wasn't interested in anything else but the same fire that was in that woman. He wanted that fire in him. Oh. 
And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, you didn't come here with the power. You came here to get plugged in. We need to, have a, we need to call ourselves the outlet church. People will come because they think they're going to go shopping. The outlet church, come get plugged in. Because all you are is an appliance in life, walking around trying to plug your plug in to drugs, and that ain't going to give you any power. That's going to take it away. And you try to plug it into alcohol, and alcohol ain't going to give you any power. It's just a temporary fix. Your life is still disabled. And you try to plug it into pornography, and that's just for a temporary deal, but that ain't going to help you. But when you finally get plugged in to the source, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I don't know if there's anybody in here that needs plugged in today, but you've come to the outlet church. You've come to the right place, baby. Oh, give somebody a high five and say, I think I'm in the right spot right now. Now this front area is open. Anybody need plugged in? There's water in the baptistry. Anybody need to go down for the remission of your sins? Come on, where you at? This front area is open for somebody that needs plugged in today. I don't know who you are, but the Holy Ghost does.